Hello and welcome to The Insider. I'm Lisa Adams. Welcome to our viewers and to our listeners on the radio and on our podcast. Today we're talking about the flagship Niagara League, the upcoming sailing season for the Niagara and the Letty G. Howard, and plans for tall ships Erie as well. My guests today are Captain Billy Sabatini, who has recently returned to the helm of the U.S. Brig Niagara, and Rebecca Grimaldi, who is Director of Development for the Flagship League and Tall Ships Erie co-chair. So welcome to both of you. Good to be here. Thanks for having us. Billy, let's start with your return to the helm of the Niagara. How much are you looking forward to a, a full sailing season after COVID-19? Well, for me, it's actually the first time I've had a full sailing season since 2017. You know, so the ship is you know back up and running, which is really good. Uh, but for me, as becoming the captain again, <clears throat> what that means for me is a chance to go back to sort of why I got into sailing. You know, so I you know kind of came up through the ranks as a sailor. I you know started as third mate, then went to second mate, you know, then chief mate, then captain, and now executive director. You know, but but being back on the ship and and doing what we do and interacting with all of those the trainees and the people that sail with us, you know, even for day sails, it really it, it, it reinvigorates me and allows me to to do the job in a more effective way. You know, so on the admin side of things, it's something where you know, every once in a while when you're when you're doing, you know, spreadsheets and you're doing, <laughs> you know, receipts and you're trying to getting getting ready for the next committee meeting or, or board meeting or something like that, it's nice to know that all that stuff, we're doing all of that. You know, and it's so worth it because the whole purpose is ma making sure those ships sail, and to be out there again and do it again is gonna is gonna mean a lot to me. So you touched on the fact that the Niagara is sail ready after lots of work. We did some stories on this when the ship went out to Cleveland last year. So let's take a look at that. Yeah. So you know, getting all of this work done was really critical to having Niagara ready to sail again. You know the sitting at the dock for two years uh, is not good for a ship you know ships need to move and when they move one the wear actually change uh, can change on the different parts of the ship you know one thing that we noticed is where the ship was tied up to the dock is where the uh, most amount of damage was uh, we had to recock all the seams on actually both ships uh, because of the sort of washing machine effect that happened you know and to have the ship get all this work done which was so critical. And this work was funded by you know, the Pennsylvania Historical Museum Commission. You know, they, they put up 80% of all the funding to make this possible. You know, and the flagship Niagara League put up the rest. They got the ship back. Still uh, work left to do. Uh, the winter cover actually is, is still coming off now. Uh, and once the winter is fully off, then we start rigging the ship, which is the first time we'll have the, the ship fully rigged since the fall of 2019. And uh, we're starting to put together our crew and and training and doing all the things we need to do to make Niagara a fully operational and viable thing again. So this is the Niagara coming back into port after the work. You said there was more work to be done here. Why did you have to go to Cleveland to do this work? What, what could they offer at that facility that you couldn't do here? So we had to be hauled out of the water. And the, the facility in Cleveland, it has a, a, a travel lift that's big enough to pick up Niagara. So we actually picked the ship up set it down on blocks, and once it's there, we can really do all the work we have to do, which removes, which includes removing many, many planks. We figured there was 82 unique pieces of wood that had to be removed and then replaced during the course of that 62 days in yard. 
and I could see that some of your own people were doing the work as well as folks in Cleveland, so I'm sure it's a great learning experience. Uh, Rebecca, uh, talk a little bit about uh, Billy's changing role, being, being back as the, as the captain, and, and really what it's meant to, to not have the revenue to be able to sail during this time period. Um, during the, uh, the two years of COVID when we couldn't sail, the staff was compressed a lot. Um, what's really nice about this situation and Billy taking over the helm again is uh, recruiting the many people who have worked for us in years past. So they're really willing to come back and work with us as a team again because Billy's leadership. So it's the shared responsibility of the leadership and the administrative capacity but also bringing back all of our trainees over the years that have gone on to do other things and work at other ships, and it's great to have him back and um, relaunch our sailing, uh, sail training program and uh, the sail season as it traditionally happens, not only here locally, but going to the other ports. And um, Billy's really the one with the history who can make all that happen. We'll get into the details of the sailing season coming up. But, uh, you know, COVID-19 affected so many things. Was the reason you couldn't sail, I mean, it's an outdoor, it's a fresh air activity on the one hand, but people are pretty close together on the ship. Is that why? Yes, when you get into sailing Niagara, especially going to other ports and having a crew of, you know, up to 45 people living on board, that sort of close quarters, you know, living uh, situation wasn't something we could ever really entertain uh, during the uh, pandemic. And so talk about how much revenue was lost by not being able to sail and so how important this upcoming season will be. Yeah, I mean, we're, when we look at the, the different sailing seasons, we're estimating somewhere, you know, in the realm of, you know, six to $700,000, you know, of, of lost revenue, just, you know, in terms of, of the ship actually going out and doing what, ha what she normally does. So it's a, it's a lot of lost revenue in the course of that season or the two, those two seasons. Now, there was also expenses that didn't happen because of that, we weren't able to hire a crew, you know, for 2020 and 2021, you know. So there was some of it that offset in terms of not having as many expenses, but the the biggest thing that offset the the lack of revenue actually came from our community and all the people that were donating through the "Don't Give Up Your Ship" campaign, mm -hmm. uh, through our annual appeals, through Erie Gives. I mean, we really had amazing support coming from our community that al that has allowed. Niagara to be in the situation that she's in right now, where we're going to be coming back and sailing again. You know, so it's it, it's really Niagara is a part of who we are as a community and a region, and we definitely felt that so much in the past two years. Nice to hear about all of that support. When we come back, we will focus on the details of the upcoming sailing season and how you might get involved. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Insider. I'm Lisa Adams. My guests today, again, are Captain Billy Sabatini, recently returned to the helm of the U.S. Brig Niagara, and Rebecca Grimaldi, Director of Development for the Flagship Niagara League, and the Tall Ships Erie Co-Chair. So let's talk about the mission of the U.S. Brig Niagara. It's a museum, but it's also a mu moving museum. How unique is that in the state? Well, it's very unique. There's definitely not another uh, aspect of the, you know, the Pennsylvania Historical Museum Commission where they have a part of their, their programming and their operations that actually goes to other states, you know, that goes to other places 
and, and is really the goodwill ambassador uh, for the whole Commonwealth. So we go out there and we tell people about Erie. We tell people about the Erie Maritime Museum. And we tell people about Pennsylvania. I mean, one of the brochures we actually take with us is the Pennsylvania Trails of History. You know, so we are the, the, the greatest you know, advertisement for bringing people back to our community and saying, come check it out. And we have a lot of people that will come into the Erie Maritime Museum that will say, like, I saw the ship in Duluth, and I just had to come check this place out. Or you know, we were in Green Bay, and you know, we heard about what you have here, and we just want to come see you. So it's uh, really fun to, to take the story, to take Niagara, and it's like taking the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania <laughs> to everybody else in the Great Lakes. So talk about the specifics of the upcoming sailing season for the Niagara, because I know you do strike a balance between Niagara being here, where people locally can appreciate Niagara, and then going to other ports, as you men mentioned. So will Erie be out in other ports this year? Will the Niagara be out in other ports or sailing here locally? It's going to be a mix of both. And for you know, normally in a tall ships year, so this is a tall ships challenge year, you know, when we're doing a much larger voyage you know, all over the Great Lakes, going to other ports. Uh, we're actually not going to be gone nearly as much as we normally are in that kind of a year. Uh, the Tall Ships Challenge is suddenly reduced as it has, than it was, say, in 2019 or 2016. You know, so we're going to be in area a lot more, open for tours a lot more, and doing some day sales as well. So we're not actually leaving Erie until the very end of June. Uh, then we're actually back for a weekend at the end of July. Uh, then we head up to you know Duluth, or actually it's two harbors, which is very close to Duluth, and then we're right back for Tall Ships Erie at the end of August. So our schedule is gone for you know the first you know half first three weeks of July, home for a bit, then gone for another three or four weeks or about three weeks, and then back again. It's so beautiful when you see it there sailing with all the sails up. So really talk about the times that the ship will be in Erie. You mentioned day sails. If people are interested in doing a day sail or um, taking their family on for a day sail. How, how far in advance should they be trying to schedule? And they do that on your website? Yes, so you want to kind of figure out what's going to be happening. And you know, going for a day sail in Niagara is a lot different than going for a day sail in, say, Letty G. Howard. You know, Letty, you can kind of just show up and go sail. You know, it's only 90 minutes, or it's a two-hour you know, sunset sail. In Niagara, you're sailing for four hours. We want you there an hour early, you know, because Niagara is not a passenger vessel. So when you're coming sailing with us, we're giving you a full orientation. Then it's an educational program on board. So we want you to be fully immersed in what we're doing, so it takes a little bit more time. So you really have to plan in almost six hours. You know, so it's something you want to make sure that you're, you're, you're ready for that and your day is set up around that. So that's more of an adult experience than I would assume. So the Letty G. Howard, as you mentioned, has a sailing season two, the second vessel that's part of the Erie Maritime Museum. So what's the Letty sailing season like, and, and how do you work to schedule the, the two vessels? So the Letty sailing season actually starts this weekend. Uh, you know, so we're going to be sailing, uh, you know, and we're going to be sailing pretty much every day uh, for June, July, and August. And we're doing weekends in uh, May, September, and October. And really, with Letty, it's very simple. If you want to go sailing, you can book in advance, so you make sure that if you have uh, people coming in, you want to get your tickets in advance. Uh, we start selling out, you know, as we get in towards the end of June and in the July, that's when sales will start to sell out. But if you, you know, still if you just want to walk up, there's usually some space available, you know, except for the really popular ones, which are going to be most of our sunset sales, and then also, you know, kind of the the weekend afternoon sales. 
but a lot of times if you come down on a you know Wednesday afternoon we should have some space and that's a family-friendly experience absolutely we can take even infants on board uh, we have the, the PFDs the, the life preservers that are set up even for infants so it's a lot of fun for kids I suggest with kids do the 90-minute sale during the day don't do a sunset sale it's a lot easier for uh, the kids to be engaged for those 90 minutes and it's just a lot of fun and we'll get them engaged too a lot of times when I'm in command I actually will bring the kids back have them steer the ship and uh, you know call out commands to the crew and, and just have a lot of fun with it I'd like to do that you can <laughs> all right well of course keeping these ships afloat and sailing costs money some of that coming from the Mariners ball which hasn't been able to happen in a couple of years we'll talk about that coming Welcome back again to The Insider. I'm Lisa Adams. We're talking with Captain Billy Sabatini, recently returned to the helm of the U.S. Brig Niagara, and Rebecca Grimaldi, Director of Development for the Flagship Niagara League. So the Mariners Ball, I understand, is the biggest fundraiser, but you haven't been able to have that for a couple of years, also because of COVID-19. This year, though, it will be back. Tell us about the ball. Uh, it is a very exciting event, and we're so thrilled to have it back. Um, it is always the first Saturday in June, and it's on uh, the Bayfront at the Erie Maritime Museum with uh, the Niagara and the Letty as a beautiful backdrop. And the evening starts out um, with the rooftop project. We have specialty bars and a great um, menu provided by the cork, and then we have fireworks, great fireworks, uh, sponsored by Gary and Becky Johnson. And this year, we're going to be honoring Tim Nicastro uh, from Erie Insurance. So the Mariner's Ball this year is presented by Erie Insurance. So we can see this is video from, I think, the last time you were able to have it. So this is a quite elegant event. It is. It's um, the, uh, a black tie gala. And it's very, very festive, a lot of dancing. But you can see uh, everyone is having a lot of fun. And it's such a special opportunity. Um, to see the Bayfront at night and be on the water and people just really enjoyed the atmosphere and the camaraderie and you know kicking off the summer season and we are just so thrilled to have it again. Uh, can anyone attend the, the ball? How do you go about getting an invitation? Oh, the, uh, the ball is open to anyone. Uh, we have tickets on sale at uh, salefnl.org uh, or you can call our offices uh, we have plenty of spots still available in sponsorships if you'd like to uh, have a business sponsor. So this is a, a big fundraising event. How much do you hope to raise? What, what do you typically raise from hosting the ball? Uh, you could speak on previous years. So normally this is an event that you know, will you know, grow somewhere around $100,000. Now there are expenses that go along with that as well. Uh, and how much we net really uh, depends on you know, how many people come, what the expenses end up being, you know, how much is the food going to cost, you know, those kind of things. But we want to try to net out, you know, somewhere in that, you know, thirty to fifty thousand dollar range. Uh, and we have silent auction and live auction items too. So people really enjoy the full evening uh, with lots to do. And our donors and our patrons are so generous, and they understand uh, a couple different factors: the fact that we haven't had the ball in two years, and also inflation is a big. Um, a, a big consideration for nonprofits, whereas somebody might have given a thousand dollars or a hundred dollars or even twenty-five dollars in years past, 
and with inflation, it doesn't go quite as far. So we're really hoping that people come out and show support and enjoy the Bayfront, something that they haven't been able to do in that fashion in two years. And it's so beautiful um, to see the Bayfront at night and to have the fireworks there. So part of the ticket is the food, the drink, the music, right. the fireworks. I'm sure it's not a cheap date, though, because, again, it's raising money for the Niagara. So how much are tickets? And, again, people go on the flagship Niagara League website to buy? Correct. Uh, tickets are $200 a piece. Um, members uh, get a discount, and we can also have VIP tickets, and you can get those uh, through sponsorships, and that's really just go to our website, and all of our information is there. You mentioned that you will be honoring Tim Nicastro this year. I know you honor someone each year at the ball. Talk a little bit about why, why Tim Nicastro this year. Um, for many, many years, um, Erie Insurance has been a great supporter of the Niagara, the Erie Maritime Museum, and a great partner for the program, uh, specifically in 2019 with the Tall Ships Erie, there was an extraordinary amount of support that uh, Mr. Nicastro was able to provide for uh, the sailing program through scholarships, uh, through this Tall Ships Challenge, uh, Tall Ships America, and Tall Ships Erie 2019. And all that too, just the leadership that he has shown in our community by in bringing our downtown, you know, really back to the forefront. And the Bayfront is a part of that too, and right. we wanted to honor him and mm -hmm. and give you know give him the opportunity to come down and have a party uh, in his honor. And again, you said it's the first Saturday in June. Correct, June fourth. All right. So also back this year, as you have alluded to, is Tall Ships Erie, the Tall Ships Erie Festival, and of course the Bayfront has undergone some changes in addition to the downtown since the last time. So we'll talk about how this will look. Welcome back to The Insider. It's been all about the flagship Niagara League and an upcoming sailing season. Also, Tall Ships Erie coming back again with my guest, Billy Sabatini, captain of the Brig Niagara, and Rebecca Grimaldi, director of development for the league. So Tall Ships Erie Festival has grown dramatically over the years. What does this mean for the Erie community as far as bringing in visitors, tourism, guests, dollars? And how excited are you that it will be back in August? Well, the... The, the numbers just alone are rather shocking when it comes to Tall Ships Erie. And first off, I want to say that Tall Ships Erie is presented by Highmark this year. They have been a huge partner for us for many festivals. But we brought in, we think about 100,000 people into the community, uh, into the city uh, in 2019. Now, a lot of that is in the parade of sale. We figured it was about 30 or 40,000 people just right there. The economic impact for Tall Ships Erie, we estimate it's somewhere between six and eight million dollars for the, for the community. You know, they can see, you know, on the screen here with, you know, the parade of sail and just the beauty of that happening. You know, and, and what we were able to do and what we hope to do again in 2022 is for one weekend, Erie was the center of tall ship sailing in this country. You know, and everybody was coming here to, to experience the, the, the full effect of that. And our businesses had wonderful weekends. We had you know, some businesses on State Street that had the best weekend they've ever had. Uh, and you know, we had, we think, somewhere in the realm of like another 30 or 40,000 people that just bought tickets to come in. But then it's available to anybody. You just come down the waterfront, you're going to see all the ships. 
You know, so it's just a really amazing way for Erie to be on the map. It's really breathtaking to see that parade of sails. So we saw a number of different ships there. How many ships are lined up to come this year? Uh, some of the same ones coming back, some new ones? So we're, we're, what we're shooting for is 10 ships. We're always shooting for 10 ships. Some, we get a couple, some years we get a couple more, some years we don't. You know? So uh, we're, we're going for that, the 10. We do have some ships uh, that are coming back that have been here for a while, like Pride of Baltimore II, uh, which we've already announced. So you won't see Pride of Baltimore II in this. Some of the Canadian ships that we've wanted to bring back might not be able to come because of, of COVID. And the, you know, some of the ships are choosing not to you know, sail that far afield. So we're doing our best to bring as many ships as we can and to put on a, put on a show that everyone deserves and everyone expects. So you can start making your plans now. We have the information on, on the dates of this that we can uh, put up here. It's August 25th through the 28th, four days of fun, music, marketplace, food vendors, and more. People can get more information at tallshipserie.org. Now with the Beer Garden at the Hampton Inn and Suites, Oliver's, Pier 6, there are going to be a lot more places to watch the action here. Oh, yeah, and our neighbors downtown uh, on the Bayfront, too, um, we have uh, our neighbors who have been there for years as well. So you have uh, smugglers and you have rum runners and all the newer uh, uh, places that you had mentioned. There is going to be so much activity down there and so many different vantage points inside and outside the footprint of the actual festival. So we're so excited to work with our, um, our tourism partners and our Bayfront partners. Uh, who had a couple quiet years there as well. Um, they stayed in business and uh, we have the Victorian Princess, we have the Scallywag, we have other ships that are here too that people from Pittsburgh are coming, uh, coming to see all of this activity on the Bayfront. So we're really glad to be the, the center of attention for four days and to call attention to the Bayfront. And we're down to the last couple of minutes here. Uh, I know you'll need volunteers to help you with this. Uh, and also how soon can people start thinking about getting tickets to if they want to board the ships and be part of that. Sure, I'll talk about the volunteers. So we need approximately 900 volunteers. Wow. Mm -hmm. And uh, very soon here, we're going to put the word out and start bringing volunteers in. We actually decided to hold off this year. When we did this in 2019, we put the word out very soon. Like, yes, everybody come in. We need help. But we didn't actually have the slots to put people in yet. So we're waiting a little bit longer and making sure we have all the roles we need to fill. So when people sign up, we can actually put them onto a committee right away. All right, last minute here. Um, is, is, is it good to get tickets early? How early will tickets go on sale? Absolutely, tickets are available now on uh, our website. And uh, you can uh, purchase the regular deck tours. You can add, uh, you can add uh, actually it's the entry into the footprint. You can get the deck tours, you can get the VIP passes, weekend passes. There's a lot of different ways that you can enjoy your weekend, but they're available now. And so um, I would go ahead and get them now. Especially the VIP tickets. We, we're only selling a limited amount of them. So if you want to be, uh, get that VIP ticket, get it soon. All right. Well, it certainly is something exciting to look forward to. I'm sure we'll talk to you again about some of the details of Tall Ships Erie. Thank you both for being with us and giving us some updates on the upcoming sailing season. As always, thank you for being with us here on The Insider. If you have an idea for us to explore, just email me at eradusnow.com at eredusnow.com and join us again next time for The Insider.